The Oscar goes to... And the winner is... And the Oscar goes to... The winner is... Oscar goes to... M-M-O-W's Oscar Race Update. And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Another Oscar Race checkpoint for your enjoyment coming at you November 1st, 2019, 28 years later. After the debut of the Wes Craven movie, The People Under the Stairs, uh, I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also Mike. Mike, oh, The People Under the Stairs. Also Mike here, <laughs> and I'm just going to refer to myself in the third person this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Now, also Mike scared <laughs> of that movie. Oh, you, you were scared of it? Terrified. It was the creepiest, weirdest, grossest movie I had seen in a while. Wes Craven has done that to me a couple of times with Last House on the Left. Yeah. With that one. It, to the point where I still haven't seen The Hills Don't Have Eyes or They Do Have Eyes. What do? What are the eyes doing Just in that movie? Just ignore The Hills and Eyes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that movie was gross. Uh, yeah, but I'm with you there. I don't understand the logic of releasing a Wes Craven movie the day after Halloween. <laughs> that is strange, isn't it? 359 more days till hockey season type thing. I don't get it, <laughs> but all right. That's what they did, and that's what we are celebrating today as we record this on halloween you will be listening to it or have it available to listen to on november 1st of 2019 like i said and this is our oscar race checkpoint show this is our weekly show focusing solely on all things oscar centric and award season news and michael to start off we're going to hit on some gotham award nominations and news why don't you set us up and tell us remind everyone here what the uh requirements are to get into the gotham award show so the gist of it is that it's focused on you know, films and production companies kind of centered in the northeast of the United States. They do branch out. These are independent films. These are budgets lower than the indie spirits threshold of 20 million for a budget. So oftentimes Gotham Awards, you'll have a different set of nominations or a slightly different set of nominations from the Indie Spirits. From a cursory glance at the official requirements and criteria PDF that Gotham has put out there, mm-hmm. I didn't see a dollar amount, so they're not like, you know, constricting you hard technically. And fast. It's yeah. not hard and fast, but it, it de- definitely seems, I've heard, I've heard on multiple uh, podcasts and, and reference points that it's, it's lower than the Indie Spirits. I think the Indie Spirits is, if I remember right, I could be way up, but I think the Indie Spirits was hard and fast at some number. I thought it was 20, but it could be completely I think it is 20, and it's strange enough, like, Shape of Water was at 20 when it won and stuff. And a little convenient. A little convenient. Let's talk about the Gothams, because this is like the kickoff to award season in many ways. That award show, it it comes early December. It's, uh, you know, these nominations typically translate here and there Mm -hmm. and into a full statistic breakdown but we got some heavy hitters in this best feature category right off the bat mike farewell hustlers marriage story uncut gems and waves last year's winner of course was the rider call me by your name moonlight spotlight Birdman. they were on a run there three in a row with picking the best you know picture at the oscars we have some translation between this and the big show. Yeah, it seems like if you win this, you're certainly at least a, a higher correlated to be a nominee at Best Picture. You're on the radar, I would say. Yeah. You know, because there's also Inside Lewin Davis, Moonrise Kingdom, you know, Tree of Life, Split on Award, The Hurt Locker. They've picked four of the last ten Best Picture winners. They also nominated 12 Years a Slave. I, I do think that this first show and this first set of nominees could have an effect 
more so in the critical realm of mm, who, yeah. what the critics are picking because there's a lot of great critics in the New York tri-state area. Sure. So if they, you know, tab something, it could, you know, at least put that on people's radars. So the nominees here, like you said, Farewell, Hustlers, Marriage Story, Uncut Gems. Ones, which, uh, the biggest surprise to me is that Uncut Gems was made for less than $20 million right. because I would think, like, Francesa <laughs> and Kevin Garnett appearing alone is an easy seven figures. And you can't convince me that Adam Sandler made Jack and Jill for less than $25 million for being on set? Like the jewelry insurance budget? Right. Even if they took out, you know, even if it's all plastic. Right, yeah. That's a lot of plastic. That's still a lot of money. That's a lot of oriental trading ordering, yeah. And you're right, Sandler doesn't you know, no, work for cheap. No, don't come out of bed for less than like 20-something million. Francesa does not work for cheap. <laughs> Francesa don't work. I mean, let's be honest. He gets paid a lot of money and he stopped working. I mean, God bless him, he's the king of all sports radio, but, uh, you know, he, he, he likes to get his money's worth as he uh, as he's proven on the airwaves with WFAN the last couple of years especially faking retirement a couple of times I'm curious to see I mean we've covered the farewell we've covered Hustlers Hustlers making a best feature now maybe a little bit surprising uh, again you can argue that be, that being under 20 million dollars for the lavish costumes that were in that oh, yeah. maybe a little surprising as well but this seems to be a loaded category of you know, the hits, stuff we've talked about over and over again. To me, it's like who beats Marriage Story or does yeah. Marriage Story wins win. If, if somebody beats Marriage Story here, then that's a little extra credit. That's a little extra credo uh, if Waves pulls it off. If Farewell or Hustlers, even Uncut Gems. I would doubt Uncut Gems, but those other three, if they did knock Marriage Story off here... Then I'm taking notice yeah. that maybe this movie has more momentum. As of now, I'm expecting Marriage Story to win, but, the, you know, this group uh, at the Gothams, they have gone in different directions many times. I would agree with that. My only caveat would be, I wonder how New York this voting body is, Mm -hmm. because Uncut Gems looks like it was made in the streets of Manhattan. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, and so hustlers too. Oh yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. So I, you, you, depending on how inundated in the New York zeitgeist these this voting body is and these critics are, Marriage Story as well. I mean, they're oh, is it? I, I haven't seen that much about it. But you spent more time in the city than I have, but I know I've seen those places. Adam Sandler's character in the is in the Uncut Gems trailer. Yes, yes. I've been in those back rooms a couple times. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to best documentary, and there is. A correlation here. Again, I didn't do the statistical breakdown, but last year, Hale County, this morning, this evening, yes. won it. That was a surprise nomination, at least for us at the time. Sure. Or at least it gained momentum, surprisingly, heading into the Oscars. I actually don't think it's something we were all that aware of before it ended up winning sure. the, the category at the Gotham. So if I remember right, I could be wrong. But exactly. Yeah. This was an award show to put things yeah. on your radar. Here are the nominees for Best Documentary. Apollo 11. America. Yeah, American Factory. The Edge of Democracy. Midnight Traveler and One Child Nation, which is coming out next week on Amazon. So there's two there that I wasn't aware of: The Edge of Democracy and Midnight Traveler. American Factory, I saw Apollo 11. I just rewatched. Uh, I'm into both of those. Does Apollo 11 hold up on a smaller screen? It's still very good. I have dipped the points a little bit. Okay. I, I gave it a strong A minus because I think the theatrical movie going experience is what was just great. Yeah, I agree. It's it's definitely not as good on a small screen. Yeah, I would agree well, and we kind of guessed that going into that's something that people definitely should try to make an issue to see on. Like I'm looking down somehow. at my laptop when there's just that little right. clock that's ticking because I know it's right, <laughs> and the spec that comes bigger is like almost in, unseeable. I would imagine. But I'm still in awe of it, yeah. and I, I still love it, and uh, it's a B plus all day in sure. my opinion. 
opinion. American Factory was vegetables, but they're healthy for you, <laughs> and you should eat your vegetables. Uh, Edge of Democracy, Midnight Traveler. I'll be interested. Let's see if we got another Hale County in one of those two. Yeah, I saw. Uh, I said in the mid-year Oscars preview that One Child Nation was something I would like to see gather momentum. I, it's nice to see it here, but this Best Documentary Feature category for the Oscars still has a long way to go to win back any of our trust. So mm-hmm. we'll see what kind of translation this has at the end of the day with oh, that. We shall see. Best Actor, Mike, and they combine supporting and leads here. Willem Dafoe, The Lighthouse, Adam Driver, Marriage Story, Aldous Hodge from Clemency. A lot of buzz nice to for see Aldous that. Hodge. Andre Holland, High Flying Bird. Andrew at the Nomcast will be happy about that one. And Adam Sandler from Uncut Gems. I'm not happy about anything from High Flying Bird. Yeah, I know you're not. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we're NBA dorks. Yeah. To the point where... We quibble like Game of Thrones fans. That is not in the text! Yep. (laughs) Adam Sandler, Uncut Gems. I've heard him as, you know, maybe the underdog here that could knock off the big Adam Driver. Again, marriage story kind of in that, you know, pole position, you would think... But you never know with something as New York-y yeah. as Adam Sandler. Eh, God, actor is going to be so... I don't think that Gotham's hurt anyone's chances. I don't think anyone losing gets hurt by not winning the Gotham Award. But I do think it could help. You know, I, I don't think it hurts, but I think it helps. To, I think it's just a feather in your cap. It's going to be such a tight race, though. Don't you think Adam Sandler needs to pull this one out? If he can't do it here in New York, where can he do it? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough to beat Adam He's got to win in Gotham. If Marriage Story is the 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 big thing that everyone says it is, the big monster, the awards monster that everyone's been saying and clamoring it is mm-hmm. at all these film festivals, mm-hmm. that has to do well here, no? Isn't this the big <laughs> stage for it? Well, the thing about Oscar movies at the Gothams is we've seen it many times before. They can take home nothing. Like mm. three billboards and mm. then go on to be a juggernaut or maybe they took home one thing. But we've had Ethan Hawke win it last mm-hmm. year and he didn't go anywhere at the end of the day. Yeah. We had Tony Collette win the Best Actress category last year. So to me, in recent year, we've had Critical <laughs> Darlings win these awards. So I wonder if that's going to be the case now. I wonder... Hey, maybe we'll tab Adam Driver as that critical darling, and then Joaquin Phoenix is taking it on the night. You never know. Leo. Leo, I know, but everybody <laughs> keeps saying, I can't win a you, second yeah, one. Yeah, listen, you can, you can deny it all you young. want. I'm waiting for that second wave of Leo to take over. I'm not against it either. <laughs> Best actress, we had Aquafina from The Farewell, Elizabeth Moss from Her Smell, Mary Kay Place from Diane, Florence Pugh from Midsommar, and Alfre Woodard from Clemency. It, I mean, all those names. It's great. This I love great. every single one of those nominees. There's a lot of people that, that love uh, Elizabeth Moss's performance in Her Smell. And a bunch of people love Aquafina. It's nice to see her get recognition. I don't know where I would put the, the favorite on this. Florence Pugh's in the middle of like a revitalization of her Oscar chances based on Midsommar. Midsommar. So I don't know who I would say the favorite in this is. It's a little odd. That Scarlett Johansson has so much Oscars momentum, Adam Driver is nominated in the actor here, and she doesn't make the field, but Alfre Woodard does, and Florence Pugh does, and all these people that we think are going to be just on the outside of the Oscars conversation are here. Aquafina as well. It's a fact that Scarlett Joe doesn't get tabbed amongst all those names. It is a little concerning. We wondered about her candidacy going in this year. She's been nominated before at the big show. I am I'm I'm slightly worried for her, especially you know since especially since 
we know that Driver's kind of le- leading Best Actor. We know that wrongfully Laura Dern is leading Best Supporting <laughs> yes. Actress. Maybe people are like, we can't give three awards for one movie here. There's so much. Well, this that's year. that's the argument I've seen some people on film Twitter say too. It's like I think Marriage Story is going to win Actor. I think it's going to win Supporting Actress. I think it's going to win uh, Screenplay. It's like, well, then you think it's going to win Best Picture. It's not going to win all those and not win the Best Picture. So uh, it has to fall short somewhere if it's not going to end up winning Best Picture. It might not win Best Picture and win all those at the end of the I, day. I, that would be sh- that, 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 Has a movie done that? It's won like five of the big seven categories, but not Best Picture? Well, not five, but it, it could win a couple of them. You're talking about it in terms of contender. Yeah. I could see it contending for all those winning three and then not winning Best Picture. That's a lot. That's a lot. Here's the thing. In this new age of we have five contenders mm-hmm. and there's no front runner. I could see that happening. I could see that not happening, I should say, because, you know, that could put it over the top. But then again, it's a spread the love kind of feeling. Mm. And you have the Irishman and you have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You have those juggernauts that we think are going to surpass the spread, the votes everywhere in 10 different directions because those are so uh, so prominent, I would yeah. say, right now as contenders. I mean, I just listened to uh, Little Gold Men and they were talking, gushing, about how the branches of the Academy to a person are just in love with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it's a movie about making movies. It's a movie about, you know... All I'm doing them. is patting myself on the back. It's a movie about them, and there's literal craftsmen work, working on the fic- fictional movies in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is all stuff Tarantino knew going yeah, in, though. They're like acting he, in the yeah, movie. Like, he knows... He it's knows... We'll talk about it more as the we'll season goes on. <laughs> but anyway, in terms of these uh, actor and actress categories, Julianne Moore, for instance, was tabbed as a winner. Last year I said we had Colette and Hawk. There is some translation for nominee. Usually there's one nominee a year that gets nominated at the Oscars at least. Usually there's maybe two. I didn't do a statistical analysis here, but I, I do wonder in terms of you know hyping this one up, you don't have Scarlett Johansson here, no. so you don't have a major favorite. Does Aquafina? Well, you get don't have a Scarlett Johansson. You don't have Jennifer Lopez, and you don't have Laura Dern. Right. If they're combining the actress categories, you don't have any of these people. It might be a bad omen for Jennifer Lopez here as well. Yeah. Do you, do you get Flor- if Florence Pugh scores the upset? Is she a surefire nom for Little Women now? We all we we all doubt the fact that she's going to win Midsommar. I watched that last night. She's great in that movie again. Yeah. But I I think uh, I think Aquafina can really help her cause here. In particular, I know you saw Diane. I'm pulling for Mary Kay Place. You're, I'm you're pulling for her so that. hard. I love that movie. I think it's so good and it's so underrated. And it's nice to see her get in over some of these heavy hitters that are supposed to be shoe ins for Oscar nomination. I have no excuse not to see that movie. I have to watch. It's that very movie. good. Very very soon. Let's jump to screenplay now. We have The Farewell, High Flying Bird, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, Marriage Story, and Midsommar. I think at this stage, I'm kind of happy to see some of these movies getting recognition. Yeah, I feel the same way. And People raved all yeah. summer about the cinematography, the screenplay, and the performances in The Last Black Man in San Francisco. It's kind of died down the noise on that, so it's nice to see it claiming its nomination place in a couple categories with the Gothams. Um, again, though... Marriage Story's here. So Marriage Story wasn't forgotten about. It's just that Scarlett Johansson wasn't enough to make the it Gothams over Mary Kay Place. They've done this time and again. They've done this time and again where they ignore like the obvious yeah. Oscar candidate. 
and they don't pick him here, but the, that Oscar candidate is fine, just fine later on. I'm they, just going to take the rest of the couple, like, four months here and just dig into Marriage Story and chop it down as much as I can because, in my mind, that propels Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And our next Mike, Mike, and Oscar <laughs> podcast will be from the Swift Oaks... <laughs> Retirement home, Hollywood, California, and we'll really try to push that campaign. Just personally, going up to every voter. We watch a lot of uh, you know old school Oscar campaign YouTube videos lately. If you haven't noticed, breakthrough actor Julia Fox from Uncut Gems, Aisling, Francioce from Nightingale, Chris Gallus from Give Me Liberty, which is a movie I wasn't aware of, Noah Juppé from Honey Boy, Jonathan Majors, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, and Taylor Russell. Hearing a lot of buzz about. Uh, Taylor Russell from Waves. So again, it's nice to see Last Black Man in San Francisco get a couple categories. Nice to see Waves get a couple categories. Uncut Gems has pretty much nominations all up and down this card. It does, and it's it, it's such a New York movie yeah. that, that it makes some sense. I'm I'm happy for the Nightingales, Aisling, Cioci here. I think she was excellent in that. And this is like a moment for her, like I said before. Mm -hmm. It's nice to see people having moments throughout award season. And let's follow that good feeling into Breakthrough Director. We have Laurie de Claremont, Taneri. Sorry for that butchering. <laughs> uh, she did a great job with the Mustang this year. Filling the Gotham quota of needing to have one horse movie nominated for a show. <laughs> one horse movie. Kent Jones uh, from Diane. Yes. Joe Talbot from The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Olivia Wilde from Booksmart. And the 19-year-old Philip Umans from Burning Cane. I love every nominee in this category. It's a fun category. I love that every nominee is getting exposure. Olivia Wilde especially and most importantly. Philip Umans was 19 or something when he yeah. finished that movie. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. We're so mad at him. <laughs> and he's such talent. Olivia Wilde, you know, first time out of the box yep. as a director, just crushing it. Kent Jones again. Diane, huge fan of that. I would love to see Diane get kind of... Nobody's really talked about that because I think there was a little confusion. Certainly was confusion on my part that it debuted last year, but it didn't really come into America until this year. Mm -hmm. So I would like to see that get a little momentum. Uh, it'd be nice to see them take one of these categories. I could totally see... Bernie Kane's director, Philip Yumans, being a total yep. just breakthrough director, first time director, yep. magnet this award sure. season. I can Because as well. of the degree of difficulty, because of his age. Olivia Wilde, it'll be interesting to see if she gets this one. I've also heard that in terms of a subplot, like an award season subplot. That's kind of fun to follow. The DGA is late in the game. We can have a long build up to this. And again, we have an Oscar race checkpoint show for these reasons. <laughs> we we get the subplots. We can do the D and C, C stories very well. We can cover those. Booksmart won't die. I mean, the momentum just will not halt with it, and it's awesome to see. Because people watch that yeah. movie, and they love that yeah, movie. And you exactly have to watch true. that movie, folks. It's really fun. Uh, British Independent Film nominations also came out. So these are essentially basically the indie spirit or the Gotham Awards of Britain. Yes. You need 70-minute-plus runtime, open to a paying audience, and $20 million budget or less. Those are the requirements for this. Favorite one best film last year at this award show over American Animals, Beast, Disobedience, and You Were Never Really Here. So I'm going to take a like a macro view on this one. 11 noms for the personal History of David Copperfield with Dev Patel, Hugh Laurie, Tilda Swinton from Armando Iannucci there. This movie is not coming out until February for us, so it's not going to be eligible this Oscar. Yeah, season. I wonder if Disney misread the tea leaves with this. Mm. I mean, if they have, if it's a bona fide awards contender and people say they love it and people are, are attracted to it, why move it to a February release date? 
because they saw that it was going to make more money in February. I think, I, I may, think that's what they're. Yeah, they're that's a good thing because focused. Disney's struggling. They need all the money they can get. They're very bottom line focused. <laughs> Wild Rose had ten nominations. That is, of course, the Scottish country music singer movie with Jesse Buckley. I just loved her in that. Hollywood keeps making the same movies. If I'm putting ballots out there, she's in my five. A right lot of now. people are high on her. I'm really excited about her. In Fabric. Nine nominations. Didn't see that coming. How cool is that? That's great. I love seeing that. <laughs> Peter Strickland, we just talked about him. I reviewed Barbarian Sound Studio last uh, MMO Weekly this week. Go check that out. And the uh, souvenir got eight nods. It's nice to see the British Indie Film Awards go a little off base with these bizarre title. I mean, the souvenir is not your run-of-the-mill Hollywood movie. In no. Fabric certainly is not your run-of-the-mill Hollywood movie. So it's nice to see them give a little recognition to some off-the-beaten-path stuff. Some best film nominees at this award show right now are Bait for Sama, Copperfield. Obviously, you talked touched on that, Souvenir, and Wild Rose as well. So a lot of the high-nominated performances and a lot of the high-nominated movies Movies also made the cut for best film here. And we know the Swintons are going to be present <laughs> because of she- Yeah, they're both going to be present. So that's a fun award show coming up. And the final set of nominations, this is a quick one. The European Film Awards tabbed their three finalists for best comedy. We have The Favorite, which I guess, you know, fell into the calendar. Their, sure. Their calendar. <laughs> Tel Aviv on Fire and Diddy and Louis. Louise? Louise, I think. Diddy and Louise. They're the finalists, and the one notable pick, in in my opinion, is Tel Aviv on Fire because that's up for Best International Feature at the Oscars. You would think the favorite wins this, right? Just on Legacy alone? You would think, but how funny is the favorite? We laughed. I mean, we we remember the horrific stuff, but we we laughed. Don't look at me. I mean, that was funny. He did laugh. Yeah. See? It was funny. <laughs> it's a great movie. I thought it was one of the best movies of last year. Of the group, I was like the favorite. I was I'm like sure, still movie. shocked it didn't win original screenplay. Yeah. Fucking green book. Ridiculous. <laughs> Award season news right now. And the big event this past week for campaigning, for uh, in terms of celebration, on the Academy schedule sure. was the Governor Awards. We had Gina Davis getting the Humanitarian Award, and then honorary Oscars to David Lynch, Lena Vertmuller, and Wes Studi. It, this was kind of a who's who, too. A lot of big names and a lot of relevant Oscar-y names showed up to this event. So I've been listening to a lot of post-game on this one. Sure. And it seems like it's a great way, not to kick off your Oscar campaign, but really to kick, kick it into high yeah. gear. Because the Academy is present. Yep. They are present, so if you do the song and dance when you're up on the stage, you can win people over in terms of the uh, Congeniality Award. Aquafina was boost. everywhere in every Instagram photo from this. The book smart trio of ladies yes. were everywhere in every... I mean, it's smart. Eddie it's Murphy. a smart way. Eddie Murphy, James I saw Fox a lot of people, Scott Feinberg included, saying that like he was owning the room. Nice. Like, not just so much that he was schmoozing, but everywhere he went, he was the talk of the town. The man has been a megastar yeah. his whole career. He knows how this is done. I mean, this is the narrative, too, that's going to get him to an Oscars nomination, right. right? If he's Eddie Murphy, oh my God, is back at the top of his game, that's going to mean something to a lot of people that are maybe a little beyond our generation, maybe a little older than us, because he mm-hmm. was their guy. He was the one they saw every week. He was the go-to when cable had six channels, and one of them showed SNL. You know, Eddie Murphy was the guy. And then he had the movie career mm-hmm. that was equal 
to what he did on, on Saturday Night Live and what he did on TV. You also had Hanks, DiCaprio, Tarantino all there, all really helping their cause, I think. And listening to the recaps, I do think they came off well. And Tarantino... Sony, Sony executives getting Tarantino drunk, begging him to recut his movie for China release. <laughs> just like, what if we recut it and you just not? Quentin, can we do this in China? No? Here, drink this. <laughs> Lord Dern presented David Lynch. Christian Bale was there to present West Studio. Uh, we had Greta Gerwig pre- presenting Le- uh, Lena Wertmuller. Uh, Shia LaBeouf led the standing ovation for David Lynch, which is funny. I have never, I, I don't mean to keep hammering Feinberg like we do literally every episode. <laughs> I have never seen Scott Feinberg promote one of his podcasts more than he has promoted what he just did wow. with Shia LaBeouf. I, he has been retweeting his own tweets ad nauseum with this interview because he's just blown away by how, I haven't listened to, I've, I've listened to portions, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but he's just, was very open and honest as Shia LaBeouf usually is to mm-hmm. a fault sometimes about his upbringing and his family life and it was just a very raw conversation I guess and it really kind of blew the hair back on our on our buddy Scott's uh, head there so we're prepping something for, I gotta look at my, or listen to myself yeah we're prepping for interviews so we've been doing side research but yeah. I, I got it yeah that's on my feed I've been waiting for it uh, I gotta I gotta listen to okay so David Lynch stared at the Oscar and said you have a very nice face and now he'll do an 18 part miniseries <laughs> about that I'm sure with nothing but subtext I David Lynch it's absurd that he had to wait this long for an award there were at least two other occasions previously in the man's career that he deserved an Oscar look it's absurd that David Lynch does a lot of things but, <laughs> fair <laughs> fair but, counter like looking back are you really surprised that David Lynch didn't win over the 1980s and 90s and early 2000s academies? Yes, there was no. I'm not I, surprised I, personally. At all. Personally, I I think he should have won for Mulholland Drive. That's biased. He wasn't going to win over Ron Howard. I understand that, but I think he, you know, should have. And there's at least one other time I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I know looking back in history, there was one other time that I think uh, he was head and shoulders the best director. So yeah, I think with a guy like that instituted and ingrained in our, you know zeitgeist in our history and their oscars lore he should have won one he's weird mike he's a very very weird man i have nothing to combat and that weird statement men don't necessarily win awards for being weird but the hair <laughs> all right let's see the rest of the recap here is jane campion reminded the academy that uh Vert muller is one of five women nominated for best director as opposed to 350 men Everybody look at this black eye this institution has. Uh, that was a little effed up there. Uh, Gina Davis receives that uh, humanitarian award from Hanks. Greta Gerwig also presented Vert Muller. Tarantino praises Vert Muller as well as Scorsese in a, in a long uh, video tribute saying that she directed a spaghetti western, the Bell Star story. Uh, Vert Muller changes the name of the Oscar to Anna. And we might be the Mike, Mike, and Anna podcast. Yeah, why not? Why I think that not? was fine. That's fine. That it plays. Yeah. I, I mean, it, we, we're probably going to get to that point anyway, right? right. Literally. Well, we, we haven't found an Oscar, a guy named Oscar, <laughs> to jump on the show with us and talk about Oscar movies. We've been looking and looking and looking. We'll find an Anna much easier. Yeah. Uh, presumably. Presumably. <laughs> presumably. We should probably start talking to people. We probably should tar- start talking to women and people, other people. True. Very true. Alright, let's uh, get into some more award season stories here that the Governor's Awards were fun, so kudos to everybody involved. Yeah. Little Women is getting Oscars. Buzz Mike, a uh, couple takeaways from a slash film story. Look, there's a flashback structure for this movie, which is very different than the linear structure of all of the, uh, the movies previous. 
Big news is that Ronan, Saoirse Ronan, and Florence Pugh seem to be getting the most praise. This is the year of Florence Pugh, so I don't know that that should be, you know, surprising to any of us. Well, but we thought Meryl Streep, right? That's we true. We thought Laura That's true. Dern maybe as like a pylon or... You know, maybe she's going to get a ton of praise here, and then that's going to boost her up for Marriage Story. True. It's certainly one of the more interesting pictures to keep an eye on, just because there's so much talent. And this confirms kind of what we expected, that this seems to be a serious awards contender. But there was a murmur, like, two weeks ago of people who had seen (laughs) early cuts and early copies and who had heard from people who know from people who know that maybe this wasn't going to be the Oscars big monster that we all expected. I was hearing, you know, seven people deep, whatever that game of telephone was. (laughs) I was hearing maybe not. And this is, you know, good news. We had Eric Weber saying adapted screenplay for sure. Mm -hmm. We had Scott Feinberg saying it was a rousing score. And we had the Big Picture podcast saying that uh, it feels best picture because it's happy and hopeful and a lot of the movies this year haven't been that way yet and the last few best picture winners have had that silver lining that was a great point that he made talking about how the actual best picture winners are always kind of movies that at least in recent history that have left you feeling happy right and the contenders right now i I quibble with that a quabble with that is our word but again i think once upon a time in hollywood leaves you feeling good but Every answer and every rebuttal I have throughout award season is going to be related to that movie, so I'll play my cards a little closer to the nest. But we are evil, and you right. particularly. True. Are, you're an evil man yeah. this award season. But <laughs> but the weirdest tweet that I read was Kyle Buchanan say, saying it's Louise May Alcott meets 21 Grams. What? I don't even know <laughs> what that could look like, actually. You know... It's funny, too. The One of the things that did surprise us about Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'll see how many times I can reference it in this one fucking episode where we're a not lot. even talking about it. A lot. When we first heard, it's not what you think it is. It's not a Charles Manson movie. It's just a buddy hangout movie. It kind of threw us all off kilter, so we were maybe more open to get whatever we got. Maybe that's what's happening for this movie now with Little Women. It's not going to be what we expected to. It's going to be this weird amorphous combination of two different movies. I don't know the story either. Neither of us Maybe we'll be more open to it. Is like Chalamet his beautiful boy character? To, oh God. to meet with the Tony and Grams and what is <laughs> I it? hope not. <laughs> I hope not too. I don't get it. So, all right, look, we got a lot of uh, research to do for that movie, and we're, we're into it. But it's a good, it's a good sign. Yes, it, it, really it, it confirm it eases our fears. I think about right. it. PGA, Mike, they are honoring Netflix chief Ted Sarandos with the Milestone Award. I think this is important because we've had Netflix slowly building its award season. Yeah capabilities i guess you could say this year the big scuttlebutt is that they're not going to have the clout the resources or the want to to push three major contenders the irishman marriage story and the two popes for best picture etc last year they got behind roma but they didn't did they get behind many more for best picture now they got the goods will they campaign them all if the pga is in awe of ted sarandos is perception changing enough to give them kind of the the motivation to think it's their year at Netflix? That's an interesting way to put it. Is this kind of going to be them saying, we think you have the juice this year and, and we think you, this is, could be the Netflix year? Uh, I, I don't know the answer to that. I think it's more important that Netflix is accepted by the guilds overall because I think that's going to help with their longstanding battle with right. film festivals and with the Academy and all that stuff. Maybe it'll even, if it ingratiates them to enough decision makers and power players, 
that will certainly help them withstand the onslaught of other streaming services that are coming. Okay, so this could be a step in the right direction in terms of their award seasons, but ultimately it could just be amidst this yeah. spending spree. Right. Just some kind a of sign of reward. hope. Oh, yeah. It's a reward from <laughs> right. the spending spree? Maybe, or maybe at least, you know, you're good with us. You have a home here. Because We're not willing to turn our backs on you with the first time right. sign of trouble. But a lot of these humongous dollar amounts are going to producers right. in some way, shape, or right. form. So, all right, let's follow the money. Doesn't it make sense, too, for them to kind of just put all their backing behind something that's not the Irishman? <laughs> I mean, seriously, because now they already have so much invested in the Irishman. That's going to speak for itself. Yeah. So if you can get a second, you know, if you can have your awards push, your FYC campaign be centered around, like, Marriage Story, well, and then you, you're you the network with both Marriage Story and the Irishman. So their dream scenario, their dream scenario, is the Irishman wins Best Picture. Mm. You get a screenplay award for Marriage Story. You get two for that. Two and acting. then maybe you get an acting for the two yeah. popes. That's, like, their dream scenario. Oh, yeah. Because you think get about that. multiple for... Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. You're probably right. Anthony Dude. Hopkins has got to be really good as a supporting actor. Probably not going to be the case. At best, they'll get two winners. If you had to pick one they weren't going to put their money behind, you'd think it's got to be the two popes, no, at this and point? yet, that's probably the most buzz I've heard for a screenplay right. yet. Yeah, so maybe that'll win screenplay. I wonder if they've decided what they're exactly going to do yet for FYCs and how they're going to, where they're going to spend their resources. Because they have to tighten their belt buckle at some point. <laughs> I mean, they just have to. <laughs> You think logistics and numbers dictate that you, you have to. Would think. <laughs> and Disney Plus is opening up pretty soon, right? right? Yeah, two weeks. All right, let's jump into some film festival news. Uh, the big takeaway from Clayton Davis's Middleburg Film Festival wrap up to me on award circuit mm -hmm. was that he called, and, and many people at the Coffee and Contenders panel discussion called 2019 the best year in cinema thus far this century you got to go all the way back to 1994's year with pulp fiction and forrest gump to find a better year this is a drum that a couple people have been pounding for a while i know it's something we kind of were looking at back at last year's oscars and we were just looking at the big names right, right. not even so much the undercard oh my god tarantino and scorsese and greta gerwig and jordan peele they're all releasing movies in the same year and now you look at more of the maybe the the under you know i hate calling it an undercard but the the not household names yet bong joon ho mm -hmm. Billy heller all these other names that are kind of doing their part and we haven't really had many supposed oscar contenders come out and disappear a point maybe motherless brooklyn has been the biggest case of that so far i don't know but uh, yeah i think there's something to that and there's certainly something that it, we look right now and know we're in a special year so i think that could even heighten the last two months of our viewing even more so i don't know if you know this if you had to guess yeah. a musician that you really tend to hate sings the theme song for motherless brooklyn who is that musician taylor swift it's tom york <laughs> <laughs> so that movie is on Just your a shit combination list. of stuff that it's on your shit list going in. You may love it, you know. I don't, you don't know. Yeah, I, I tell you what though, if it's a hit, Tom York won't love it. That's guaranteed. He has no. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the marriage marriage story won the spotlight award. The two popes won the coveted audience award. Clayton Davis did an awesome recap there on award circuit. I don't appreciate some of our friends going above and beyond and participating in this Middleburg ruse at my expense. Yeah, you think it's a fictional place? I don't think, Michael. Still, I'm woke. You are woke <laughs> to Middleburg, this beautiful town. That's right. This film-loving town. Our yeah. people. Yeah. Our people. Not on my watch, buddy. You say they are basically the who's in Whoville, and they don't exist. If all of this is just coincidence and I'm not in my own version of the Truman Show at the end of the day, 
Boy, do I have some apologies to make. <laughs> You're a weird dude. That's all I'll say. All right. Santa Sabido wins the top prize at the Rome Film Festival. It's a documentary about a woman who tragically died at the hands of her stalker, Jesus Mike. Christ. Won the People's Choice Award there. Are we a little surprised seeing the clout that all of these major Hollywood Oscar contenders had at Rome? Are we surprised that an indie film, uh, uh, an important documentary, won that award? Yeah. Because I am. Why not, right? I mean, every every time, that's what we just talked about in prefacing this. I know Gotham is more well-known than the Rome Film Festival, at least amongst film Twitter and amongst critics. But anytime you're talking about any of these major or semi-major film festivals and we talk about the also rands and we talk about how there are opportunities for the, the contenders to kind of build their resume, anytime they don't win and they're upset majorly by something that's not a well-known contender. Yeah, that's absolutely news, I would say. It also probably just goes on to show just how wide open this race is for any kind of major or category right now. Could be. And again, I don't know the, all of the rules for the Rome International Film Festival. Are they, you know, a lot of the big big names not competing? Or yeah, whatnot, what was in competition, what actually wasn't, just sure. Just cursory glance, I was, I was surprised to see that. We got some Oscar contending trailers this week. A first look at Les Miserables. And this was not the movie I was expecting. You were expecting more Jean Valjean? I was. I was. No, no, of course not. I, I knew it was going to be an urban drama, a public versus police movie. I didn't know we were going to get Chekhov's line. <laughs> I don't trailer. understand where that fits in. I didn't know we were going to be in the POV of the police for most of the trailer. That was a surprise, yeah. too. Uh, who's the protagonist? I mean, there's a lot of questions being asked, but I mean, the critical praise is there for this movie. The fact that it's a selection over Portrait of Lady, Lady on Fire makes it a significant contender. Sure. Because we thought Portrait was going to be. Yeah, and I was of the opinion that if these two movies were relatively close, France should have gone with Portrait of a Lady on Fire just because of the country's history, a spotty history with female directors sure, and sure. female home. Plus, pictures. Celine Sciamma might be getting screenplay notes. Right. And, and she was in, in the film festival. And if you look at every score and comparing that movie and this movie of, of Les Mis, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is higher, uh, just across the board, no matter what metric, audience, mm -hmm. critics, mm -hmm. doesn't matter. So I still kind of stand by that. Now, that said, this getting our first look of this picture in full it does look interesting oh yeah I mean, it seems very contemporary it seems very of the moment it's a very issue driven movie uh, a lot to do with immigration a lot to do with uh police corruption and power hungry cops and racial profiling and all Definitely. that seems to be suggested in there so it could certainly stand on its own two legs in this category as is it's got a high tough hill to climb right. with parasite in its way as any kind of international picture does at this point so we'll see but i was impressed with what i saw certainly Next trailer is The King Mike. It seems like they recycled the catapult from Outlaw King <laughs> from last year. Netflix, uh, did they just, you know, did they reshoot it or did they take the same I'll shot? be honest. When I first saw it, I was like, I bet Mike loves this. <laughs> I do love this. I do love it. I, uh, look, this seems much more polished than last year's yes, film. Yes, it does. Joel Edgerton as Falstaff. It's still an unlikely choice to me. I'm not getting it yet, but I, I like Joel Edgerton. But this was a loaded trailer, and it seems more character-driven than spectacle-reliant like Outlaw. I agree. I think that's important. Obviously, you got William Shakespeare's story to build on and all those great characters that he wrote, uh, what, three or four stories about? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad Timothy Chalamet is getting a showcase on streaming. It's only going to help his brand. The, the sure. Chalamaniacs are, are happy about this. That's what we call ourselves. I'm surprised to see him <laughs> running into the fray. He's, he's got some speed. He's got a little get-up to Oh, him. you liked his, uh, he thought he had a good pace, huh? Not bringing in the firepower, the weaponry that right. he should. Right, sure. Because he well. should be a target. He just has like a little, 
you know, little axe or something. Well, he is the king. You know, you know, you, you, maybe he's a little. He's a little full of himself. Yeah, he exactly. He just gets away with exactly. like a, whatever a nutcracker, whatever he brings in the, <laughs> the fray. There, stop! <laughs> I have a nutcracker. Uh, they have their own kingdoms behind their eyes. Is a fantastic line right. for a King Henry movie. I thought that's mm. in this trailer uh, talking about how Henry can't he's really a good trust writer anybody behind this project. I would say yeah. he's not bad. <laughs> He's decent. Might have a future in this industry if he keeps on it. Robert Pattinson pulling off that French accent for two hours is going to be something to see. The Smug of the Year Award, right? Like the Smug Man of the Year Award goes to Robert Pattinson just yeah. for this trailer alone. 7.0 IMDb score on the first 800 plus review, 62 meta score. I don't think it has much Oscars momentum, no. but you're right. This being on Netflix, Chalamet being in this kind of prestigious role, it's only going to help him in the long run. I mean, he, he can do well to introduce himself to people beyond the... Uh, I want to see him fuck more produce crowd. <laughs> that is that is a crowd. I heard that's a crowd. Anyway, my God, let's move on quickly. The Aeronauts, trailer two. Couldn't even bring myself to watch this trailer, Mike. Why don't they tie themselves to the goddamn balloon? I, I'm so out on this movie. Are they also, are they scientists slash trapeze artists? No? Then tie yourself to the goddamn balloon. That's all I got to say. I really, I don't want this to get buzzed because I don't want to have to watch it. It looks like just nerve-wracking nonsense. Yeah. Not buzzed so much as I've seen people just say it's better than I thought it would be. I'm sure it so, is. So, yeah, that's great. I'm sure I'm going to watch it. I love the cast. <laughs> I, I'm going to watch it. It's going to be in my face. I just streaming. think this premise and this execution is just the most absurd. I can't, I'm having such a hard time <sighs> trying to find reasons to see it. I'm dying with this one. Alright, Waves, they debuted their trailer. This two. is a more serious one for Oscars purposes. I like the first trailer more than this, but I think it was a, such a showcase for the production values, whereas this trailer showcase for the acting performances in particular. Yeah. Calvin, now look. Calvin Harrison Jr. I haven't brought up Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet in this episode, so no, I'm no, going to bring no. it up here. What? Who directed that movie? <laughs> you know how much I value being right. Yeah. Right? All I want after seeing this trailer for Waves, is for Sterling K. Brown to mm -hmm. do enough to make me believe that I can campaign for him for supporting actor as much as I believed in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and campaigning for that for the best picture. Right. You That's believe. all I want. You out of want movie. Sterling K. Brown to give us an undeniable yes. performance where you would have righteous indignation yes. and rage yes. and the MMOW title from earlier this week yes. and say I should not have to qualify exactly my statements of, of rage because Sterling K. Brown needs to be a nominee. See, I don't care how competitive it is. This is why we work because you get me. <laughs> get I, I want. I want to believe that too. I think, You're right though. We were getting more of the performance in this from him from Calvin yeah. Harrison. Is he giving? Given that undeniable performance of the I trailer don't know. yet, yeah. I, it's not yet. It's I not there know. yet. But I'm very excited to see Waves. That's certainly where we land on. We have a lot of pictures coming up. Pictures, see? Pictures. Straight out of the 1920s. We got a lot of films coming up that we always talk about. The last two months are going to be crazy. We started off this week. We're going to both... Uh, we'll, we'll see Harriet. We don't know if we're going to give it the full Oscar race checkpoint treatment yet. Don't know yet. We're uh, going to give Jojo Rabbit yep, the treatment. That's though. on the immediate horizon. Mm -hmm. And then we also have the stuff, you know, the Knives Out are coming in the, down the pipeline. Ford the, v. Ferrari, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Everything. Two. It's a big month. The Avalanche, as you were saying in yeah. the pre-production, is starting. We've been yodeling the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get the snow to fall on our heads and look what happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
My metaphors are on. Yeah, it was good. That was a good, that was good analogy. Good metaphor, guys. <laughs> As always, want to hear your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns about this and anything else we cover in the MMO Empire. Uh, do we say something doesn't have a chance that you think does, or vice versa? Are you against Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? And what does it feel like to be wrong? You can leave us with uh, leave those with us. I almost had it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram. At mm and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts, including and especially Apple Podcasts. If you use an iPhone, have Apple Podcasts, or just use iTunes. If you type in Mike, Mike, and Oscar into the search in your podcast app, uh, tap on our logo, scroll down once you'll see the opportunity to leave us five stars. We would really, truly appreciate that if you wouldn't mind doing that and telling a couple friends to do the same. Michael, we just kind of went over what's next. So what are some words of wisdom and what's coming on the immediate uh, horizon here for NML? Yeah, I mean, it's simple. Go to the movies. Yeah. We're going to go to the movies a couple times sure this are. weekend and next week, and it's happening. Like the AMC. Oh, let's go out to the movies. There's a song and everything yeah. for it. We're ready. <laughs> you know, we have you know professional singers who should mm-hmm. probably sing it. Mm-hmm. Go forward. But Me. That sigh. That was such a genuine sigh of just disdain and exasperation. Guys, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. When reality sucks, you can come watch these movies and more with us. We will see you soon. See you.